Welcome back to the latest episode of the Security Sprint. This is a security podcast where we go beyond the headlines and talk about the security and risk news and bring a different perspective, as well as talk about news and events that you may have missed. So there's a lot going out there and we want to bring it all to you, but this is a sprint. So the way it works is we go through two rounds of topics, then we do some quick hits at the end. So with that, I want to bring in my esteemed colleague, Andy Jabor, who is now um, an empty nester. Andy, how does it feel? You know, you took a little time off last week after we did the sprint, you left, you're an empty nester now, anything, what's going on with that? Dave, it is a, uh, it, there, I think discombobulated is maybe the right word to use. My <laughs> wife and I are both walking around sort of like zombies trying to accept the reality that our youngest son is now also a, a college man. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a strange, strange time in this household here. But we're very excited for our youngest son. I've got two college boys and we're super excited for them to be growing and doing exciting things. But um, I think like like many new empty nesters, it uh, messes with your mind a little bit. Yeah, I, I can imagine that's why I had another kid, Andy. And I don't know if you want to go that route or not. Probably. I don't know if that's sustainable for you in the long run. You know, like, <laughs> probably be, not. There, there's, there's probably some point where that, that technique needs to be revisited. But, you know, hey, I wish... I wish you well. I wish you well. Yeah, yeah, great. As I'm working that second grader in with a uh, sophomore. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Okay. All right, Andy, this is a sprint. We've got to get to the topics. We've got two rounds. I'm going to kick off so that you can get some time to get back into your mojo and such. But I'm going to start off, Andy. And again, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of news around Hurricane Hillary. And it's March uh, up along the Pacific and actually inland now as it goes through. Uh, we've seen a lot of the reporting about uh, the heavy rains. Dodger Stadium was a great picture of Dodger Stadium online where it's severely yeah. flooded. It looks like it's only one of the very few times that has ever come across, but it's just amazing to see that view. A lot of rain, which is welcome in a lot of areas, uh, but that also brings a lot about other dangers. And, and again, we've talked about this as I am the weatherman. We've talked a lot about this over the last couple uh, weeks and months about hurricane preparedness is not just about that making landfall. It is, that's a huge part of it, of course, with the high winds and, and the loss of power and the community impacts and the, uh, and the destruction that goes along with it. But it's also the stuff that occurs hundreds, even thousands of miles inland. And if you look at the track of the, of the weather, uh, it goes all the way up to the Pacific, uh, like the Pacific Northwest, such as uh, the Seattle area, Oregon for sure, Idaho, all those areas are being heavily impacted. And then you got to look at some of the drier areas of that part, Nevada, Utah, uh, Arizona, of course, where, you know, we have the flash flood warnings and watches that go along there. So a lot of major impacts that can, that, that go along with not just hurricane landfall that we always have to be prepared for. Um, my son is currently in the field. He's out in doing an army exercise in uh, in the uh, wastelands of uh, Washington, Eastern Washington, and they're going to be impacted a little bit yeah. by this with the rain and the, and again where you have a lot of like uh, low lying areas and these uh, uh, dry areas. You got to be prepared for some of those flash flood warnings. So we have that on one part, Annie, but then there's another element of it that goes along with natural disasters or weather related events and some of these are really bad on the cyber side we also have to worry about scams um, these fraudsters look for every possible way to try to steal your money and to try to you know appeal to your emotions again schemes work best when they give you that fear of missing out or they give you that sense of urgency 
or they appeal to your human behavior to say, hey, I, I really want to want to work on that. I really want to help somebody and, and donate money. Unfortunately, those links either could be loaded with malware when you click on them. They could take you to a fraudulent site where they're staking, taking your uh, financial information um, as long as your donation. Uh, and you have to be very careful about it. There's a lot of great websites out there that have a lot of good information on this. Uh, you can go to the, you know, the Better Business Bureau. There's a lot. If you just Google charity scams, you'll go to a lot of great um, websites that tell you what to look for using only reputable sites. And it, it's look, it's basic, common, standard practices that we know over and over. But again, while we have to worry about the weather side on one part and the weather effects, we also have to deal with the cyber impacts from those scammers. So again, a lot to talk about with Hurricane Hillary. Andy, what do you got? Dave, I'm, I'm going to stay with you uh, for our opening round here and stay with severe weather. And I'm actually going to go a number of related ways. First, um, a theme for this podcast for me today is to commend you. I know I rarely do that, but to commend you for your nerd out last week where you presented your second annual two-thirds of the year awards. If somebody's listening to this podcast and didn't listen to that one, go back and check that out. Dave did his annual two-thirds awards. A lot of fun in that. But you you really nailed it, I think, and and you, you know you you recognized severe weather, uh, two awards, you know one given extreme heat, one given a mother nature, and it was just so on point because we're dealing with so much of that, and that's not going to change. I mean, you've talked about Hillary, uh, worth you know worth highlighting, uh, ESF fourteen, FEMA is going to be having weekly, I'm sorry, daily calls at least for the time being. Um, we'll share the link information for that. With the podcast notes, uh, for those that are interested in the impacts or have, have a you know, vested interest in the area, you should dial in and check that out. Some really good work being done by FEMA to keep people informed. But we've got Hillary on the West Coast. We've got three tropical systems in the Atlantic, you know, one causing impacts to some of the Caribbean uh, areas. Uh, we've got, you know, uh, Noah shared earlier, the hottest July on Earth in 174 years. And as we say that, there is record setting heat scheduled for the Midwest and the South, you know, this week. Uh, we've got wildfires in Canada. And as you mentioned, you know, the Pacific Northwest, there's just so much going on. And, you know, I think it's important to recognize the severe threat of severe weather, right? And Mother Nature, as we said many times, continues to be the greatest mass murderer, the greatest disruptor that's out there, often underappreciated, often we're not as prepared as we should be. And you mentioned my son as I, you know, gave him his hurricane go kit as he was settling into school and went over, you know, those contents and some emergency considerations we've got to prepare for these things. And uh, so I, I think you really nailed it with the awards. I'm glad you're highlighting this today. And I just want to take a minute to, to, to give thanks to all of those responders from FEMA and CISA, local first responders in the areas that are being affected, and all those heroes that come in from out of town, you know, to help from other communities and surge in those areas that are most impacted. Just phenomenal. And the last note, David, before we pivot from, from weather, as you said, you know, you are the weatherman. All I could hear in my mind was, Black Sabbath Iron Man and just, you know, using you as the weatherman instead, you know, is that long. And uh, so anyway, that's that's what's going on in my very tired, empty nester brain this morning. Andy, I'm not going to lie. I did research some weatherman songs that I was attempting to roll out <laughs> and roll out today. So uh, I, I'm not going to lie. They, there might be a couple that I found, but I'll have to roll those out over time. But Andy, I, I think just to put a cap on this one, I, I do want to say like a lot of people, I won't say a lot of people, some people will hear our talk about the climate and the weather and they'll they'll look at it like a political bent or, or whatnot. It, look, 
I, I don't really care what is causing the weather to be what the weather is. The reality is as, as uh, professionals, we have to recognize the changing patterns of the weather and how it's going to impact our facilities. So wh whatever your political leanings may be or your personal beliefs may be, that, that's all well and good. Have them there. But you have to realize that you're, you're going to be impacted by some elements of severe weather, and we really have to pay attention to that as well. So just wanted to put a little of that out there, Andy, uh, as well. Um, all right, Andy, going to our second uh, round two. I, I want to talk about this. This is uh, a single incident, but again, it talks to something we talked about uh, during Pride Month. Uh, over the weekend, there was a, a California shop owner was shot dead over a LGBTQ plus pride flag displayed at their store. This is taken from the Guardian, but there's, this is out there in a lot of things. I saw it on the national news yesterday, but a business owner in California was shot and killed after a dispute over a pride flag displayed outside their store. Officials uh, said that they were pronounced dead at the scene on Friday night. So it didn't happen on the weekend. It was actually Friday night. Um, there was an initial altercation at the clothing. It was a clothing store and a male suspect made several disparaging remarks about the rainbow flag that stood outside the store before shooting the shop owner. Uh, the deputies were able to locate the suspect who was armed and he was shot and pronounced dead as well. Um, and uh, that man had not been identified and there is no additional information at this point about the specific incident. But Andy, we talked about this again. There were several incidents that had to be uh, canceled or changed or modified during Pride Month because of various threats. We've talked about this with some faith-based organizations as well, specifically around that understanding of what the, we, we call it security mindfulness, and, and it's being mindful of the of what you may do that may cause increased risk. And, and uh, we use the pride flag because it has happened in several faith-based organizations where there have been some targeting of those. It's happened at a lot of retail outlets as well. And unfortunately it happened again this weekend where, or, or on last Friday is where that individual was unfortunately and, and needlessly attacked and killed over a pride flag. Um, but for organizations and security professionals, we do need to go through a mindfulness exercise. We need to be able to look at, you know, if I do X, these are the potential ramifications of that. That's not to say that doing X is wrong or not in the best interest of that organization, but it, but you have to understand and anticipate and then plan for those contingencies. What were to happen if somebody gets um, accosted? What were to happen if somebody gets, you know, if there's vandalism that occurs as a result of that? What are your actions? Talk through those, practice those, conduct exercises, train your employees, and then execute upon them when you do implement. So Andy, just kind of a short topic, but again, it reinforces a lot of what we've been talking about. And it really does stress the importance of the mindfulness, Andy. So yeah, I mean, I think you're right on, Dave. I mean, you know, like we like we say at Gate 15, right? Understand the threats, assess the risks, and take action, right? You're you're absolutely right. It, it, there's there's no right or wrong on the position you take or what you decide to do. That's up to each organization, each individual. But you've got to think about the current environment we're in. It's not the same as it was five years ago, ten years ago, thirty years ago. It's always changing, and so you've got to think, okay, like you said, if I do this. What are the potential impacts and consequences from, uh, you know, uh, boycotts, right, and social media antics and things of that nature, to physical violence, to hacktivism, to other sorts of things? What could happen, 
Am I prepared to assume that risk? What can I do to proactively draw down that risk? We just need to think about it, right? And as we said, the, the concern today is with all the fiery political rhetoric and all the media personalities. And again, not, not limited to one party or the other, right? But there's a lot of folks that are being motivated, not deliberately or directed, right? But they're that feel the encouragement, the anger, and, and have that feeling that it's okay to take physical action to express their disagreement with things. And so we have to think about that. If we're a commercial business and we're hanging up a pride flag, just think about that. If we're a faith-based organization and we're you know, putting up a, a transgender flag or Black Lives Matter flag, you have to think about that, right? What could this mean? If you, or again, it, it could be on the other side of the political spectrum, right? If it's, you've got a, a don't tread on me flag outside your organization, what could that mean to people? If you take a position on abortion, what could that mean to my organization? And just make a conscious decision and take conscious action, right? Identify the threats, reduce the risks, right? That's what we've got to do. And so I think uh, there, there's a lot of opportunity for organizations to do better. I think it's a great point. It's a sad incident, very sad incident, but this is the environment we're in and, and, and it's not going to get any better in the, in the election season 2024. So we got to think about these things. Yeah. You, you know, I was going to use election 2024 and some of my quick hits and I'll come back to that, but you know, the first debate is this week for the Republican yeah. party. I mean, we're going, we're heading in that direction. So uh, well said, Andy. Well said. Okay. So uh, Andy, what do you got? So um, again, you know, staying with the, let's give Dave some props theme, uh, you know, love one it. of the other areas, I know, I know. A, a constant, you know, reference point on these podcasts, we talk about ransomware, you know, and you address that in multiple awards um, on, on the two thirds awards. You gave the dumpster fire award, you know, to move it, the uh, Alda Snow Award, ransomware, and the MVP to the fantastic work being done by eCrime. And, and as you look at that, I mean, we talk about ransomware every single day. And I just wanna, I wanna share two uh, links. We'll share more in, in the notes because the links we're gonna share in, in the notes for this podcast are just since Friday, right? And, and we're only sharing a small portion of all that we, you know, we had identified in this morning's uh, you know, efforts at Gate 15. But two interesting things folks might wanna take, check out at Analyst One, uh, they released Ransomware Diaries Volume 3, looking at LockBit ransomware. LockBit being one of the major, major players of the last few years. And in this new report, uh, there's some very interesting things to, that are found there in the key findings, including the fact that LockBit may currently be compromised. And a lot of additional detail, there's going to be a webinar presentation uh, on this. It's available. Anybody can register for it. You might want to check it out. In a different link that might be of interest to folks, uh, PC Magazine published, Haggling with hackers, surprising lessons from 50 negotiations with ransomware gangs. Might be some interesting thoughts in there for folks to consider as they think about their own ransomware process and procedures. What do they do? How do they do it? Who's, who's making what decisions? Might be some interesting nuggets to check out as they listen to that. But you know, as, as I look at those two articles, I see all the other you know weekly updates and, and new variations of ransomware and new victims lists. There's a lot going on. And again, I just want to commend you know, the fantastic work being done by eCrime. We use that, you know, we share that through some of our member communities to raise awareness of recent incidents that you know people find a lot of value in looking at third and fourth party uh, risk, as well as their own organizations and publicity around that. But also want to commend the organizations that we've worked with and others that have proactively taken action to develop their cyber incident response plans or ransomware procedures or conducting the training and the exercises to draw down the risk, like we just talked about earlier. And you know, in that spirit, I want to give a shout out to our friends at, at Tribal ISAC and, and Tribal Hub, Tribal Value. Uh, we're, you know, uh, our friend Jen, Jen Walker and I are going to be out at Tribal ISAC here next month. 
We're going to be talking ransomware out there. We're going to be doing a, a workshop with the, with the community. And we've got a new uh, service being offered through Tribal Value for day 15 uh, ransomware workshops for members at a, a great discounted rate. I love seeing and being able to work with partners that are really trying to take action to identify the threats, identify the risk, and draw that risk down. And so it's great to be a part of it. So hats off to you, Dave, for the fantastic two-thirds awards. Hats off to our friends at eCrime. And hats off to all those organizations that are being proactive and trying to really address the threat of ransomware head-on versus taking a passive approach. And then uh, let me let me cover everything I can up as best I can underneath the rug. Uh, it's not going to work as a new SEC uh, you know, requirements pretty clearly lay out. So uh, that's my second round, Dave. Yeah, that's great. And I did a I did the dumpster fire was a pretty good one. Somebody recommended that one to me. I won't say their name. Oh, what the heck? Andy Andy was a good nominee <laughs> on that one. And so the dumpster fire award was a good one because when you look at that incident, it was definitely a dumpster fire. So, okay, Andy. So we've gone through our two rounds. We now go through some quick hits. I usually do only a couple, and then you go and give a plethora of uh, of pinatas. Uh, so we'll just go with that. Andy, so I have two of them that I want to call out. Um, one in particular was, let me just, uh, blah, 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 as I stumble through here, uh, the, talk about a phishing campaign. And again, the phishing attack targets hundreds of Zimbra customers in four continents. And again, this came out late last week. Zimbra is a collaborative uh, software suite, which uh, includes an email server and a web client. It's a niche alternative to all uh, traditional enterprise email solutions with a small fraction of the market, according to, to figures from other groups. Again, this is in dark reading, so we'll put the link in, in there. But again, it just really talks to, again, how the the threat of phishing, uh, phishing is the ultimate gateway. It's the ultimate area that gets in you, uh, many of these threat actors in the door to many of the things that are ongoing and cause those larger disruptions, those larger attacks. So that was one. We'll check that out. Uh, phishing is still alive and well and doing, uh, yeah, extremely well. Uh, the second part, Andy, you kind of touched on it. Is again, this week marks the start of the, uh, I guess, maybe the unofficial start, but it's been going on for quite some time. The presidential 2024 presidential campaign with the Republican Party doing their first date uh, debate. There is one notable absent individual from that. Uh, which because they're involved in several legal issues themselves going through, which could further cause uh, disruption and cause um, uh, various types of uh, challenges for the other candidates or or just election elements in general. We have seen over, again, this is not specific to the United States. We've seen violent incidents uh, all around the country. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, all around the world. We had an assassination in Japan last year. We've seen several uh, politicians attacked in the United Kingdom uh, over the years. Some, one of them in a faith-based organization, knife attacks, gun attacks, um, various other types of uh, confrontations with politicians. Uh, get ready. Uh, the 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 ball is rolling pretty aggressively. Um, and with the start of the debates this week, it's going to continue now for the next 18 uh, to 20 months. So, Andy, just want to give everybody a, a shout on that and just be aware, you know, be aware of these events that are ongoing in and of your area. Do that risk-based approach that you had just so eloquently talked about, Andy, and, and, and take the appropriate action. So with that, Andy, those are my quick hits. What do you got? So Dave, good quick hits. I think uh, I'm going to try and go fast and cover just a few, one, one a little bit more depth than the others, but um, worth noting in, with both the severe weather and ransomware, we'll share links to 
infrastructure impact. You mentioned Dodger Stadium. Uh, so there's a good article about how a hospital was impacted by by the flooding in California under uh, ransomware, <clears throat> residential real estate, healthcare, higher education, just so many impacts. We'll share some of those links there. Also just worth noting, a new FBI IC3 report, cyber criminals targeting victims through mobile beta testing applications. Tesla looks like they suffered from an insider threat incident. Uh, Checkpoint Security looks at research and education organizations being top targets. Australians, uh, Australia's latitude financial reports, Australia's $76 million cost related to their uh, pretty high publicity cyber attack. Faith-based swatting incidents. We've seen that with the Jewish faith the last few weeks. Also, a mosque in D.C. A number of updates from CISA and a few other links to share. I just want to highlight one last quick hit before we break. Uh, the always great reporting and uh, always entertaining commentary from uh, Catalan Simpanu the Risky Biz newsletter. And he highlights, amongst other things, in the, uh, the most recent edition of the newsletter, <coughs> Twitter's decision to remove the blocking feature which is, I think, very interesting because it opens up potential for, you know, online harassment. Um, you're not be able to turn off those that may be taking away from your social media experience. That it could be harassing you, could be threatening you. And while there's other ways some of that may be addressed, it's a very peculiar decision um, by the, one of the major social media platforms, Twitter, you know, now, now X, I should say. But an interesting um, decision that was announced by their owner. I uh, will share uh, uh, the Risky Business summary about that incident. But, you know, with, with the plethora of social media right now, it's interesting to see how the dynamics between participants in those platforms, executive leadership, decisions that are being made, how it's all playing out and what it could all mean. Again, especially as we look to the upcoming election season, there could be some interesting implications in all of that. So uh, we'll share that link. We'll share the quick hit notes. Dave, that's all I got. That's it. That's all you got. That's okay. <laughs> well, Andy, well, thank you for all your contributions to this podcast. And and again, I just want to remind everybody about uh, the bevy, uh, the, I don't want to say plethora, we've used that word like three times now in the last uh, couple of the, the number of podcasts that we have at Gate 15. We've got a host the, of fantastic podcasts. The host of fantastic podcasts. Well done. Well done. Uh, so Andy referenced the Nerd Out podcast uh, that was released last week. Talked about the two-thirds of a year awards. Give it a listen. It's not a very long podcast. I go through it pretty quickly. And I try trying something new with adding in some, uh, some voice cuts in there. So hopefully it was okay. Uh, so we got the Nerd Out podcast, we got the Risk Roundtable podcast, and we got Gate 15, the Gate 15 interview, that which Andy interviews many of the, the legends across the security business uh, and talks uh, talks about important topics on that. So we've got a new one of those coming out pre pretty soon. And we've got an exciting month of September with all the great topics uh, in uh, uh, for these podcasts. So give us a listen, like, share, retweet, follow. Uh, tell your friends, do whatever you need to. But uh, we really appreciate those who are listening. And with that, Andy, I will bid you all adieu.